landscaping. There's no removal. All right, well, say good morning. Let's, uh, let's begin. All right. Let's begin. So we, today's daf is daf yud. We left off on the bottom of tes omud beis. So again, just to reorient ourselves, we, we left off in the case of the sukkah agave sukkah and the four different cases, the four different cases that came up. So remember, we left off pa'amim shishtein kshiros. We left off that there are sometimes both sukkahs are kosher, sometimes both sukkahs are apostle, sometimes top one is kosher, some, bottom one apostle, sometimes bottom one kosher, top one apostle. So the Gemara says the following. So the, the Gemara is going to go through each of these cases and discuss exactly how it is that they play out. So pa'amim shishtein kshiros heichidami. So what's the case where both sukkahs are kosher? What's the case? The case would be the following. The bottom one allows in more light than sun, light than shade in itzchach. And the upper one is more shade than light. In other words, the bottom one tzchach is not really kosher by itself. The upper one tzchach is kosher by itself. And the tzchach of the upper sukkah is within 20 amos of the ground. That way, again, essentially the upper tzchach functions as the schach for both the upper sukkah as well as the lower sukkah. That's when both of them would be kosher. Pamim sheshtei and pesulos. There would be a case where both sukkahs are possible. Hechi dami, what's the case? Kigonti tarvaihu the case would be the following. When both sukkahs provide more shade than sun, the kaima elyona ama. And ultimately, the upper sukkah is more than 20 amos tall from its floor, meaning from the schach of the bottom sukkah, which then ultimately means that you have non kosher, which you have schach, that's lamalame esrim ama, providing shade on the upper sukkah and the lower sukkah, which means the upper sukkah's puzzle, the bottom sukkah's puzzle. Pam there are times when the upper sukkah is kosher and the lower sukkah is puzzle. When is that? Hechi dummy, what's the case? Top of Yod. Hechi dummy. So the Gemara says, Kigon, Shatachtona Silosa Miruba Mechamasa. So again, I both remember, this is the case where the bottom one is kosher, upper one will be puzzle. What's the case? Kigon Shatachtona, the bottom sukkah, the bottom sukkah, Silosa Miruba Mechamasa, the tzach provides more shade than sun. The Elyona, Chamasa Miruba Mitzilosa, and the upper one provides more light than shade. So in other words, the tzach is not really good. The Kaimi Tarvaihu, Besoch Esrim, and ultimately, again, both are within 20 amos of the ground. That way, in that case, the upper one will be, excuse me, the bottom one will be kosher. And ultimately, the upper, the lower one, excuse me, the lower one will be kosher. The upper one will be pasal. And there are times when the upper sukkah will be kosher and the lower sukkah will be pasal. Hechi dummy, what's the case? Case where both sukkahs, the shrach provides more shade than sun. The kaima elyona besoch esrim. And the upper sukkah is within 20 amos of its own floor, but obviously, again, its shrach is lemalame esrim for the bottom one. Okay, so we'll say, to which the Yimara essentially says, Pshita. All of these cases are straightforward. I mean, I will say, there's no chidushim in any of these cases. Essentially, what the Gemara is saying is, depending on how you create the variations, Lamaisa, again, sometimes the upper one is kosher, bottom one's kosher, upper one's puzzle, bottom one's puzzle, both kosher, both puzzle. It all depends on just how you arrange the case. But there's no novelty in these particular rulings, which the Gemara says, I'll tell you the novelty. 
Tachtona Kshira, the Elyona Psula, it's Trichale. I'll tell you the case that's the Chiddush. The Chiddush case is the case of where the bottom one will be kosher and the upper one will be possible. So take a look at Rashi. Rashi says over here, Tachtona Kshira, the Elyona Psula, it's Trichale. Kedekaima Elyona Besochov. So if you remember again, this was the case. This was the case of the bottom sukkah that's kosher, and the upper sukkah that's pasul. Remember that what that case was. That case was where again the upper sukkah is has less as hamasa The schach allows in for more sun than shade, and it's besoch esrim, and it's within twenty. Therefore, again, the upper sukkah is pasul because again it doesn't have proper schach, but the bottom sukkah is kosher because the bottom the schach of the bottom sukkah ultimately has proper schach attached to it, and the upper schach does not invalidate it. So the says, that was a necessary case. Why? What would I have thought? I might have thought that that case should still be possible. Why? Because Lemaise, at the end of the day, perhaps you are including schach possible together with your schach kosher. Meaning, that I might have thought that there's a, there's the, that the schach possible contributes ultimately again to the schach kosher. Kamash Mulan, that we're not worried about. Kamash Mulan will say that even though there is some level of schach possible, that's the Lamala Me'esrim, the Hamas, we don't care about that. Rather, we just simply focus on the fact that the bottom sukkah indeed has the requisite shear for its schach. Okay, so the Gemara is the following. So we'll say, see, here, here is what we've established. So Lemaisa, so that's a good point. Lemaisa, as I mentioned yesterday, we don't pass in that way, right? We don't pass in that you require, but that's why if you build your sukkah underneath a tree, we don't require that you put your branches in underneath the schach. If you can, that's great. But Lemaisa, the way we pass in is that as long as there is the majority of shade coming from the kosher schach, we do not worry about the overhang. So, so to over here, Lemaisa, this is clearly a case of an overhang. We don't worry about that. And that's the Chiddush. So we'll say the Gemara says the following. Now remember, so, so just, just to keep this in mind, the Mishnah began with a statement that sukkah agabe sukkah is possible. Now what the Gemara is going to do is define the minimum case of sukkah agabe sukkah, meaning what constitutes a, stu- a double-decker sukkah? How much distance must there be between the bottom sukkah and the upper sukkah? You understand, as I mentioned yesterday, in this case, the, the schach of the bottom sukkah serves as the floor for the upper sukkah. But the shayla is, how much space do you have to have between essentially the schach of the bottom sukkah and the schach of the upper sukkah for the upper sukkah to be considered its own sukkah? Now, you'll say to yourself, say to yourself, who cares? Who cares? So why does it matter? Because whatever that amount is, when it's less than that amount, one can make the cogent argument that what? That it's all one sukkah. That it's all one sukkah. That therefore, again, that upper part just <coughs> seems to be bottled to the lower part. So now we need to know what are the di- minimum dimensions of a sukkah agabi sukkah. What are the minimum dimensions of that upper sukkah to make it a separate and distinct entity? So the Gemara says the following. The Gemara says, um, How much distance is there between one sukkah and the other to have the upper one, to consider the upper one be possible? Amravuna tefach. So we'll say, Rav Huna literally says that as long as there is a tefach, and remember, what we're really measuring over here is not as much surface area, because surface area, we know that's Zion al Zion, right? But what we're really measuring over here is what? Is height, 
is height. So Ravuna says, Ravuna says there has to be at least a tefach of height. Now, where does he get a tefach from? So this is a very interesting case. Shekin matzinu ba'ohel ba'ohale tuma tefach. Because they're both like the minimum shear of an ohel, of, of literally a tent, for tuma purposes, is a tefach. Is a tefach. I'm sorry? Is that what we saw with the mattresses when you try to raise the floor? And if you're, but the, the tsroros, if you're mevatel, the tsroros... Oh, the tevin, right? Correct. Uh, no, no. That was a case of tuma, but this case is a little bit different. That was a case. You're you're talking that was for containing tuma. Correct. So actually, the truth is, it's a similar concept. Here we're talking more. What's the minimum definition of an ohel? So the Gemara says the following: Listen to this: Tefach al tefach berum tefach. If you have an object. That is one tefach long. And again, how much is a tefach? A tefach is about three and a half inches. About three and a half inches. So if you have, a, if you have an object that is one tefach long by one tefach wide, berum tefach, with one tefach of height, mevi asatuma it has the ability to spread tuma, and it also has the ability to serve as an ohel to contain tuma. So also, let me give you an illustration. So let's say for argument's sake, this was a tefach by a tefach by a tefach. And now there's a tummy object underneath it. So let's say again, here's my tummy object. So this, so this does two things. Number one, number one, what it does is anything else that's underneath this roof, so to speak, together with the tummy object becomes tummy itself. Okay, so if I if this is the tummy object and I have another object, I have another object over here. This second object will also become tummy. What else? What what else is this tefach by tefach by one tefach height? If something is on top of it, right, it prevents the tuma from going up. Okay, so therefore, what do you see from here? So what Ravuna essentially is saying is, I'm sorry, but if you're saying this less than a tefach high, it does not allow the spread of tumah underneath it, nor does it obstruct, nor does it obstruct the ascension of the tumah upwards. So what do you see from here, according to Ravuna? That lemaisa, a tefach, is the minimum shear for an ohel. For an ohel, for a structure. So therefore, again, Rav Huna will say, therefore, if you're going to have a sukkah, gabi sukkah, the minimum height requirement for an upper sukkah to be considered its own sukkah, not bottled to the bottom one, is one tefach. On the other hand, Rav Chista of Rabbah bar Rav Huna Omri, Rav Chista and Rabbah bar Rav Huna say, no, the upper sukkah must be four tefachim tall in order for it to constitute its own separate shear. Because we know the minimum dimensions, the minimum dimensions for rishus, for a separate, I mean, let's say this is for Shabbos purposes, is how much? Is fourth Tfachim. So therefore, again, that upper sukkah can't be considered its own separate domain unless, of course, it satisfies the minimum dimensional requirements for Rishus, which is fourth Tfachim. So Good. Correct, but that's that's the chab. It, it, it only becomes a puzzle sukkah if it has the identity of a sukkah. And the shayla is, what's the minimum identity of a sukkah? Now remember, we know area-wise that it's Zion al Zion, but that's obvious because it's already sitting on top of a proper sukkah, which means it's got to have at least that same area. The shayla is, what's the height dimension that allows it to be a separate sukkah, which you're right, which you're correct, which then makes it into a puzzle sukkah. Remember, I want to be clear, in this case, not satisfying the dimensions would actually work in our favor. Not satisfying the dimensions would actually what? What would it do? It would make it, right, it's nothing, essentially. Meaning, when we say it's nothing, it makes it part of the lower sukkah. So remember, we're trying to see, when you said sukkah, gabi sukkah is puzzle, we're trying to see what is the minimum dimensions of, a, of the upper sukkah that would render it puzzle. So the Gemara goes weiter, one more. 
Um, uh, Shmuel, um, Shmuel says Asara. Shmuel says tenth Fachim. We'll say this is the most mistaber. Why? My time with the Shmuel. Meaning again, we'll say height of tenth Fachim. Shmuel says Kach Shera Kach Psula Mahach Shera Baasara Af Psula Baasara. So what's we'll Shmuel comes along and says, "What are you guys hacking around for?" You know, again, we have the dimensions for Sukkah already. So why should this upper Sukkah be any different than the lower Sukkah? The minimum dim- height dimensions for a Sukkah are ten Tfachim. A Sukkah must be roasted just in practical terms. What that means is minimum height dimensions for a Sukkah is about three feet. Sukkah has to be at least three feet. So Shmuel says, just like a regular sukkah has to be three feet, in order for this upper sukkah to be considered its own separate domain, it must also be ten tefachim. Tanan, the Gemara brings a Mishnah. Tanan, Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, Im ain't, actually, from our Mishnah, the Gemara is going to try to figure out who is right. So we have three different shitos then, in terms of what are the minimum dimensions for the upper sukkah. Remember, there's a very specific case of sukkah gavi sukkah. What are the minimum dimensions of the upper sukkah that would render the bottom sukkah puzzle? Again, Leaving aside all the variables that we discussed earlier, what the nature of the schach is, but what's the case of sukkah gabi sukkah that can render the bottom one puzzle? So remember, three shitos Ravuna, tefach, Rav Ravuna, four tefachim, and Shmuel, ten tefachim. Now we have to try to figure out who's right. So Mar says, Tanan, Rabbi Huda, Om Rabbi Huda says, Im ein diurin be'al hatach tona kishera. So Rabbi Huda says, if, remember this is Rabbi Huda in the Mishnah. Rabbi Huda said, if there's no one living in the upper sukkah, so the bottom sukkah is kasher. So Mar says, my ein diurin, what does that mean, no one's living in the upper sukkah? What does that mean for us? So the Gemara says, mamish. If you say that it literally means residence, atu diurin kagarmi, does the presence or lack thereof of residence in the upper sukkah in any way determine the nature of the of the of the psul or the kashras of the sukkah? El alav, listen, el alav, my endurin. Rather, what does it mean? No one lives in the upper sukkah. Rabbi Huda was saying, if the upper sukkah is not fit for dwelling, then it does not go ahead and render the bottom sukkah possible. So the says, "Vehechi dami." And what's the case? What, what, what's the case where you would say that the upper sukkah is not fit for dwelling? Delogavoa asara. It must be what a case of where the sukkah, the upper sukkah, is not ten tefachim tall. And Rabbi Huda is coming along and saying what that if it's not fit for dwelling, if it's not ten tefachim tall, then the upper sukkah does not invalidate the bottom sukkah. Oh, now here's the problem. Remember, what did the Tanakhama say about sukkah gavi sukkah? The first pain in the mission. What did the first pain in the mission say? Puzzle. And it didn't qualify that statement. So the Gemara says, therefore, it says, Michlal, I'm in the, in the end of the first wide line on Yudal Amir Aleph, Michlal, the Tanakhama Savar, Afapi She'ena Ru'u Yeladir Psula. The Rabbos say, the Tanakhama just gives a straight out Psul, which seems to indicate that the Tanakhama would hold that even what? Even if the upper sukkah is less than 10 Tvachim, then what? Then Lemaisa, again, the sukkah would be unfit, the sukkah would be possible. So we'll say that obviously is a contradiction to Shmuel because Shmuel said that again the upper the upper sukkah is only problematic if what if it's lamala measara Tanakama seems to indicate that it's possible even if it's pachos measara ki asar Ravdimi Amar Amar Amri b'Marava this is very interesting about say when Ravdimi came along he said what does it mean when we say that if the upper sukkah is not fit for dwelling. It does not invalidate the bottom one. What it means is, What it means to say, Rabosai, is that if the floor, if the floor of the second sukkah, which is what? Which is what? Which is the schach of the bottom sukkah, is not strong enough 
to be able to hold karavikistos means, you know, pillows and mattresses. In other words, what is it saying? If it's not strong enough to operate as a floor, right? If it doesn't have a floor, then lemaisa what? Excuse me, excuse me, shalayona, hatachton kshira. Essentially, what, what they used to say in Marava in the West is Eretz Yisrael. Well, the way they understood this mission in Eretz Yisrael is, if the schach of the bottom sukkah is not strong enough to serve as a floor for the upper sukkah, then lemaisa, the upper sukkah is not what? It's not a sukkah. It's not a sukkah. You can't have a sukkah without a floor. And therefore, the mice, again, the, if, again, remember, once the upper sukkah is not kosher, then what? The bottom sukkah, but pastos will be. Again, all of this is dependent on the variables that we spoke about earlier. But just in the, in the abstract, it will be, it will be kosher. Mechlal, the Tanakhama Savar Avapi She'ener Uyelakabal Psula. Then I will say, remember, the inference from this is what? Is that Lamaisa, the Tanakhama, would say that even if, remember, the Tanakhama, just, just across the board says that the bottom sukkah is puzzle, which seems to indicate that the Tanakhama would hold that even if the schach of the upper sukkah, of the bottom sukkah was not strong enough to serve as a floor for the upper sukkah, the bottom sukkah would still be puzzle. To which the Gemara says, My afa the kabel, I'm sorry, This is very interesting. So, what's the practical difference in Abihud and the Tanakhama? If Lemaisa the schach of the bottom sukkah could support the mattresses and the pillows, but what? Aideat chach means what? Under duress. Meaning on both sides, that essentially you're kind of tiptoeing. Right? Every single time, you say tefillah saderech, for every single step you take on that schach, because you do not know what's going to happen in the moment. So again, look at Rashi for just a moment. This is the last Rashi before the Mishnah. O Mishani Ika Benayu. So both say the Rabbanon hold that even since technically, even though it's not uh, the best setup, technically the schach of the bottom sukkah, which is the floor of the upper sukkah, could sustain the weight of the mattresses and the since technically it could, although again it's very um what's the right word? Tenuous. Good. It's very tenuous, right? I'm sorry. You could put, correct, you could build it up, correct, you could build it up, but the Shaila is looking at what it is now. Looking at what it is now, it's very tenuous, so the Rabbanon will say, look, that's still called a sukkah, it's still called a floor, it has the ability technically to support the weight, and therefore the mice of the upper sukkah has the identity <coughs> of a sukkah, and once the upper sukkah has the identity of the sukkah, the bottom sukkah becomes possible. On the other hand, Rabbi Yehuda says, I'm reading in Rashi, Rabbi Yehuda says, Kivman Daleka Tashmisha Lahedja Lav Shem Sukkah Allah De'al Yonah. Rabbi Yudah, on the other hand, holds what Rabbi Yudah That Lamaisa said, no, sukkah, remember, the way you live in your sukkah has to resemble the way you live in your home. And since Lamaisa again, a person will not construct a floor like that in their home, therefore Lamaisa again, such a floor like that does not work in your sukkah either. So what, comes, what, what, what it comes down to, according to this last question, something very interesting, that really, really the question is, is the floor suitable for normative, when I say floor, floor of the second sukkah, which is the roof of the tops, excuse me, which is the roof of the bottom sukkah, is it usable for normative dwelling? According to Rabbi Huda, if it's not, that even if you could use it with in a tenuous situation, Rabbi Huda, that does not constitute a real floor, and therefore, again, we don't view the upper sukkah as being significant, and therefore the bottom sukkah will be kosher. According to the Rabbanon, if you could use it at all under any circumstance, even even in a tenuous situation, Lamaisa, that's called the floor for the upper sukkah, upper sukkah is kosher, and ultimately, again, bottom sukkah is possible. Okay. 
Is it no longer a question on, well, it's just now saying that Lamaisa, in, instead of just, there's more than just the height requirement. That's the Gemara saying over now. Over now, you, you thought that the whole issue was just the height requirement. Height requirement is only part of the discussion. There's another piece of discussion in terms of now the durability of the floor. So it started out as a kasha of Shmuel, turned out now to be not a kasha on Shmuel, but simply a, di- a different issue in totality. Is a real is a real sukkah is a real sukkah right right true. All right, about Mishnah. Well, say this is a great sugya now a very good sugya. They're all good sugyas. So the Gemara says the following. The Gemara says. The Mishnah says, excuse me, Pires Allah Sadin with Meachama. If you go ahead, we'll, we'll, at the end of this sugya, we'll do a little bit of halacha today, time permitting, but we'll also go back to some of the sugya regarding Haoses Sukaso Tacha Sa'ilam. Because that is probably one of the most halacha lemaisa sugyas about building your sukkah underneath a tree. And because oh, again, we, that's the Mishnah we did yesterday. So I'll show you the Shulchan Aruch, God willing, tomorrow. So the, or if we have time, maybe we'll do a little bit of it today. So the Mishnah says the following: Piris sadin Mishnah Yud Amud Aleph. If a person goes ahead, it's a very interesting case. You put a sheet over your sukkah because of the sun. So, we'll say, so what you're essentially doing over here is you're like an umbrella. Like you're, so you're putting literally it's hot, it's hot, and you're putting a sheet. This is on top of the schach in order to block out the sun. Okay. Or you spread out a sheet underneath your schach in order to what? To catch the, um, yeah, the leaves, you know, depending on what kind of, let's say, you know, if you use, if you ever cut down uh, willow branches to use, to use for a schach, so you'll notice again about, you know, two hours after you do it, it's dry. Right? It's already falling down. So again, so you go ahead. It looks very pretty, you know, when you're cutting it down and you're holding it back and then when you put it up. Okay, in any event, you have a... Yeah, exactly. So now, so you're spreading a sheet out underneath the schach to, to go ahead. I was going to say to collect the droppings, but that doesn't sound right. To collect the, the leaves that are falling off. Okay. Or, for that matter, oh, shepires algabe hakinov. Or... You're placing, you're placing a sheet on top of bedposts. Now, boss, I take a look at Rashi over here for just a moment. Rashi says, Agabe Kinov, Hein Dalid Kundisin, Le Dalid Ragle Hamita, the Govin, Umaniach Klenusos Mize Lze, Agaben, or Price Les Sadness. Let me show you something. So you have over here. This is this is some this is a serious sukkah dweller. Mm-hmm. He's not bringing in a cot. He's bringing in again his canopy bed. <laughs> okay. So now again he's got his bed. Okay. Oh, he's got not, a sheet on that. Yes. Yeah, so he has a canopy now on top of that bed. This is what's called a bosai. This is what's called a kinov. Oh, Shapiris agabe kinov. Four posts. Four posts. Canopy on top. Psula. In all of these cases, what you have done, what you have done, invalidates your. It doesn't invalidate the sukkah. What it do, well, I should t- I take that back. What, what it does is, it, it, it doesn't allow you to fulfill your mitzvah in the current state of dwelling. Look at Rashi. Psula, mishum de'eno yoshe b'sukah de'ohel mafsik b'neihem. See, i all of these cases, remember, and now you have three different cases. The, schach, the, the, the sheet on top of the schach to block out the sun. The sheet below the schach to go ahead and catch any stuff that's falling from the schach. And the canopy on top of the bed. In all of these cases... 
when you're sitting underneath these sheets or these canopies, you are no longer sitting within the, the shade of the sukkah, but rather you're sitting in the shade of the sheet. And therefore, the mice that invalidates the sukkah. Again, I'm careful with saying that, that it invalidates the sukkah because the truth is technically the sukkah itself is not invalidated. The sukkah itself is a good sukkah. There's like an, there's something obstructing you. It's like a chatz, right? It's like a chatzitza almost. There's something that's obstructing you because you know. I want I'm, only reason I say that is because when normally when we go ahead and we use lashon of psul, so psul usually means there's something wrong with the chafzah, with the object of the sukkah. Here, yes, you could kind of there's a sheet on top of it. There's something wrong with the object, but not really because as soon as you remove the sheet, the object itself is perfectly fine. In any event, you can't fulfill your mitzvah of sukkah with it. Aval poris agabe naklite hamita. But what can you do? You can spread a sheet literally on bedposts. And I will say, now what's this case? This is a case of where, instead of four posts on the bed, if you can imagine, there are two posts on the bed. I'm just showing Noam because he's right next to me. <laughs> right? There are two posts on the bed. So what happens? Again, and these posts would be situated by the head and the foot on the bed in the middle, in the middle. So essentially you create like a tent. Now what's the chap of that? Why is that better than the case of the four posts? So listen to this. Look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi says, It's only two posts. One post is by the head, one post is by the feet. Listen to this. The halachic definition of a tent, or I should say differently, of a, of a, of a, of a tent or of a roof is there must be at least one tefach, a flat space. So if you build a tent like this, with no flat roof, that <laughs> halachically is not called, is not called a roof. It's not called a roof, which we actually saw before. That's why, for example, if you built a structure like this, you would not be chayv in mezuzah. You would not be chayv in mezuzah. That's actually for a different reason, because there's al tzuras but the point is over here that what constitutes an ohel that would prevent you from sitting underneath the schach only something that, that satisfies the criteria of being its own roof. But if it does, if it doesn't, if it doesn't, if it doesn't satisfy the criteria of being a roof, then lemaisa does not interrupt sanechatzitza between you and the schach. So if you're sleeping in the bed with the four posts and there's mamish a roof that has at least a tefach of flat space, you're not you're not under the schach. You're underneath that roof. However, again, if you're sleeping in the bed with the two posts and you're just kind of sleeping in a tent, there's no roof of a tefach that does not invalidate your sukkah experience. Rabbi, you put a tent inside a sukkah and sleep in the tent. Technically. Technically. Right, don't get any ideas. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the Gemara says the following. But yes, the, the answer is, according to what the Mishnah is saying, it would be absolutely fine. And be Makai in the Mitzvah. And be Makai, right, correct, correct. Be in the but, but again, but I want to be clear. I want to be clear on something. Right, please, this sugya continues tomorrow and the next day. So let's not, let's not uh, pervert a little bit of knowledge over here. If it's rainy, you want to sleep in the sukkah. Well, so, so you see, that's exactly... So that's where it comes gets interesting because remember once we'll get to the sugis once it's raining there's no mitzvah of sukkah there's no mitzvah of sukkah so we'll we'll see we'll see Do says many of us live in, in houses do I'm sorry in ten, do all of us live in tents all of us live in no because oh so I'll tell you why not because generally also without getting technical a certain slope that's a gradual slope within a certain amount is considered flat. So the truth is, unless you live in a house with very, very steep rooftops, very steep rooftops, everybody has some level of flat, halachically flat the roof. The ceiling is flat, though. I'm sorry? The ceiling is 
the ceiling is flat, right? Right. But even the outside, even the outside, remember, we actually saw some of these sugas in Erevin and even in Pesachim, that if the slope is a little bit more gradual, it's considered halachically flat. So the Gemara goes weiter. Amen of Chista. Lo So remember again, what did the Mishnah say? The Mishnah said, when, if you spread out the sheet, when is the sheet problematic? Only if you're spreading it out to catch that which is dropping from the srach. About, Rosa is very interesting. About in the Osa, Kshiva. But what's, what's the inference? If I were to spread out a decorative sheet, I have a sheet. I made a nice sheet in school. Right? I have a nice decorative sheet that I made, and I want to hang that up underneath the srach. So what should be the halacha? It would appear from the Mishnah that it should be okay. Because the Mishnah only said the problem with the, the sheet is that I'm using it to catch the, that which falls down from the schach, which allows it to operate almost in a roof-like, remember, because the whole chap of a roof is to protect you from the elements. This is being placed there to protect me from that which falls from the schach. It's operating in a roof capacity. But if I'm just putting it there for decorative purposes, it should be okay. To which the Gemara says, Pshita, Yes, that is correct. Because after all, the Mishnah said, the Mishnah said, that the only time the sheet is problematic is when Islamisef is there to catch the droppings from the schach. So the Gemara says, Malatim, what would I have thought? Who I didn't feel in Osu? Well, I might have thought that, no, you can't even put up a sheet, even if it's for decorative purposes. And the only reason the Mishnah says to catch the fault of the droppings from the schach is why? Because that's the regular, that's the normative reasons why people would hang up a sheet. But in Achinami, the hanging of any sheet would be problematic. Kamashmalon, no. Kamashmalon says it's a very important idea. We'll see if this is halacha lemaisa or not. But again, what the Gemara seems to be saying is the only time you can't hang up a sheet underneath your schach or on top of your schach for that matter is when the sheet itself is operating in, in, a, in somewhat of a roof capacity, there to block out the sun, there to go ahead and catch that which falls from the schach. But if the sheet is there for purely decorative purposes, even though it's hanging there right underneath your schach, it's okay. So the Gemara says the following. The Gemara says, Let's bring a halacha that seems to support this idea. If a person appropriately schacht their sukkah, I just made that into a verb, right? You schacht your sukkah, you, you appropriately put up your schach. The Ishra Bikramin, when you went ahead and you, you decorated it with cloths, so with colored linens and colored cloths. The Talab, so I'll say here again, so you see you're decorating your sukkah with linens and cloths, with sheets. The talaba goes in and you hang from it nuts and shkedim and almonds, afarsikin and peaches and rimonim. Pomegranates, also remember, not plastic. Not plastic, right? This is the real thing. This is how they used to decorate their sukkahs with real fruit. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. Parchila, and that's actually very beautiful. Clusters of grapes. Ataro shoshu, remember, we'll say, sukkahs is the harvest season. So this is why they would, they would go ahead and they would, they would decorate their sukkahs with all the sukkahs. Real, real fruit. Real fruit, clusters of grapes. Ataro shel shibolin, literally wreaths of grain. Yenos, you'd hang wine. I think you see, I think there's a niche market in this over here. They they would spend literally bottles of wine, flasks flasks of wine, shmanim, oil, salasos, fine flour. In all of these cases, so most of these are all decorations in your sukkah. Now the halacha is, you are not permitted to benefit from these on souls. Now, we'll say, so what, what, what does this mean? So I can't pour myself a glass of wine from the wine that's saying, and I can't, you know, chop off a grape from the one that's saying, I, I, you can't do that. Why? Ad Until after Sokis. Until after Sokis, why I both say? Because the idea over here is what? 
The idea is that Lamaisa, once you've gone ahead and designated it as decorations for the sukkah, it becomes what we call hukhtsasa mitzvah, set aside for a mitzvah. And once you, once you go ahead and you set aside an object for a mitzvah, you may not use it for personal use afterwards. However, the imhisna alehim, but if you made a t'nai, now what does that mean? If you made a t'nai, to know. Everything follows. Everything follows your tonight. Look at Rashi. to know. Any We'll see this later on. But for example, if a person were to say, if a person were to be eating of those grapes, at the twilight period, at the onset of Yom Tov, then that's a, a clear demonstration that what that they have in mind to get benefit even from the decorations, and the decorations would not be off limits. So meaning. What, when the Gemara says that you can't get benefit from the decorations, that's if you, in an unqualified state. So if I didn't make any time, make any condition, I just hang everything up. The assumptions, whatever you hang up, is set aside for the mitzvah of sukkah, is off limits for my personal use. But if I made an explicit tonight and indicated that I plan on drinking the wine, I plan on eating the grapes, I plan on you know partaking of the fine flour, I have that right. Now, we'll say, why do we bring this down? We only brought this whole price down for one reason, to show, to show that decorative sheets do not disqualify the sukkah. Remember what the Gemara said before. The Gemara was explaining that based on what the Mishnah said, seems to be the only sheet that really disqualifies the sukkah is what kind of sheet? Right? A sheet that ultimately operates in some roof-like capacity. Either as blocking out sun, either as catching schach trappings, but that, that's but for decoration purposes, Lamaisa it's absolutely fine. And the Gemara now just quoted this price, which talks about people who are decorating their sukkah with decorative sheets, which seems to support that assertion. The Gemara says, one second, that's not a good raya. Why? Dilma minatsad. Say, how do you know the Bryce over here is talking about suspending sheets from the top of the circle, from the schach? Maybe he's talking about what? On the walls. Wall coverings. Wall coverings. Hang, and what the, what the Bryce is essentially saying is what? That Lamaisa, go ahead, you can go ahead and hang decorative sheets on the walls of your circle. But just realize if you do that, if you do that, and then suddenly what? You're getting cold one night sleeping in the sukkah. You can't take, you can't take that down and cover yourself with it. So there's no raya, there's no proof that it's talking about the type of sheet hanging from the schach. And therefore, again, it's not really a proof to our, to our previous assertion. Itmar. The Gemara quotes the following statement. Noye sukkah. I will say, sukkah decorations do not detract from the minimum from the minimum dimensions of the sukkah. Look at Rashi. Listen to this. If you have a sukkah that's the mala me'esrimama, and then what happens? You hang up a sheet, and the sheet now decreases the airspace. So the sukkah is now 19 amos. It's a big sheet, right? So the halacha is that uh, the, the sheet cannot go ahead. The sheet does not in any way impact the dimensions of the sukkah. So what Rashi says over here is because, very simply, the, the sheet is not schach. Because it's not schach, it doesn't impact, ultimately, the dimensions of the sukkah. Because if you want to say that it is schach, you have a bigger problem, which is what? It's puzzle. Puzzle schach. Why, Rashi says? Lashir delam min schach hava 
have a mifsala mishum mekabel tuma velo leposla mishum pchusam yud. So I will say ultimately again. So the sheet itself, you can't. This, the sheet itself is not schach, and if you count the sheet as schach, it could potentially invalidate the schach that you already have. Therefore, the schach itself does not. Excuse me. The sheet itself does not impact the dimensions of sukkah. So this would be true if decreasing the airspace of a sukkah lamalami esrim, and this would be true if you had a sukkah that was exactly yud. Let's say a sukkah that was exactly ten tefachim, and you hung a sheet right from the top, and therefore. Again, now you've diminished the airspace to nine tefachim. That the that sheet does not impact. It's not just sheet. The the decorations do not impact the dimensions of the sukkah. Because it's taking away airspace. It is it is actively removing some of the dimensions of the sukkah. And even though it's possible, but the havamina is maybe that works too. Correct, correct. At the end of the day, it's ta- it's not a, it's not a in schach. It's taking up space. It's taking up space. So the universe says, and again, the, the, the Havamina also has to do with the fact that Noye Sukkah, what do you see from the, what do you see from the previous case? Noye Sukkah take on almost a Sukkah-like status themselves. That's the Olchap as well. The same way that if I put up the grapes, I can't eat the grapes for the entirety of Sukkah. The same way that I can't deconstruct my Sukkah and use it to build a deck. So the Havamina is that the decorations are like the Sukkah itself. So the Gemara goes weiter. Amur Ashi, Umilat Sad Mematir. We also say this is very interesting. But you know what decorations do? Do in fact do? They do diminish the dimensions from the side. Look at Rashi. Listen to this, Rabbi If you have a sukkah that measures exactly Zayin al Zayin, seven Tvachim by seven Tvachim, and you put up a very thick sheet, a very thick sheet on the side wall to serve as a tapestry, and you now, now the sukkah is less than Zayin al Zayin, the Gemara suggests that will invalidate your sukkah. Now, I, but what, what does that mean? You just tell me before it doesn't invalidate the airspace. You tell me, see, here's the difference. You see, the minimum shear of a sukkah of Zion al Zion is a practical shear. A practical shear that allows what? You have to be able to get your head, most of your body, and your table in that sukkah, which means what? If you have a very thick wall hanging and that takes you from some of the space, what's going to happen? You will not be able to do that. If you can't do that, then Lamaisa, again, the sukkah is possible. So the Gemara, the Gemara goes, the Gemara goes weiter. Fine. Minyamin Avdei Dravashi. This is another interesting case. Minyamin, Minyamin, who was the servant of Ravashi, ish ish ish. Excuse me. It misha la kisuna b'maya. His clothing got wet with water. Clothing got wet with water. Ve'ishticha amat lelasa, and he 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 hung his clothing up on the sukkah to dry. Rashi says, "It So he hung his clothing on the sukkah to dry. Amr Ravashi, Daliyeh Ravashi, tells him quickly, "Take it off." That was what Ravashi was concerned about was what that people are going to see this and they're going to assume they're going to assume that this item is schach, and people are going to say, "Remember, Rabbi, this is one of the beautiful dynamic ideas that we've seen many a time, which is that in in the in the in the days of old, how did people learn what to do, right? By observing the rebbeim, they they observed the rebbe, they observed the teacher, and that ultimately taught me what I need to do. So here you have Ravashi." all nervous that people are going to see clothing on top of the sukkah and people will assume that what? That you could use clothing. Remember, we'll discuss why you can't use clothing. You can't use clothing as schach. Must have been on top of the sukkah. So the Gemara says, I, but Minyamin, Minyamin said back to Ravashi, but people see that it's wet. And I will say again, when people see that it's wet, they'll realize that why did I put it on top of the sukkah? 
only to dry out and not for schach purposes. To which, to which the Gemara says, you're right, Ravashi was saying to him, Ravashi said, you're right, what I meant is, as soon as it's dry, please remove it from on top of the sukkah. Itmar, another b'raisa, no ye sukkah, hamuflogin mimenu arba. We'll say another very interesting case. If you have sukkah decorations that are removed from the schach for, for tfachim. So remember, we'll say, see, under normal circumstances, what you would say is, look at Rashi, So let's just use the sheets because it's the easiest thing for illustration purposes. There was more coffee in here before. Okay. So the Gemara says the following. If you have sukkah decorations that are within that are four tfachim away from the schach. So meaning, it's not flush against the schach, it's four tfachim away from the schach. Rav Nachman Amr Ksheira, Rav Nachman says, it's kosher. And Rav Chista, Amri Psula. And Rav Huna Rav Chista say that it's possible. So we'll say, what's happening over here? So look at Rashi. Rashi says over here, Psula, Mishum Ohel Mafsik. So we'll say, listen to this. So apparently Rav Nachman seems to, well, let, let's actually start with Rav Chista. Rav Chista and Rabbi Rav Huna say that if the decorations, if the decorative sheet is not within Fort Tvachim of the Schach, it's puzzle, meaning it invalidates the Schach. Why does it invalidate the Schach, Rashi? says, Mishum Ohel Mafsik. Because if it's more than Fort Tvachim from the Schach, it becomes its own Ohel, it becomes its own tent, its own structure, and ultimately invalidates the already existing schach. The ashtachach delogani besukkah, and therefore it'll turn out that you're not underneath the schach, you're underneath the sheet. Ol Rav Nachman, keivan delinoi sukkah yahivnu beteil gabar. I will say, on the other hand, Rav Nachman, who holds it as kasher, holds that what? Since it's there for decorative purposes, it's bottled to the schach, even if it's more than four tzvachim removed. Okay. Correct. About why four tzvachim? Yes. Bepashtus, yes. So the Gemara says the following. So the Gemara says, Rav Chista Barafuna Reish Galusa. So let's listen to this. Rav Chista Barafuna went to the house of the Reish Galusa. It's a very interesting case. Remember, this is Rav Chista and Barafuna who said that a sheet, that a sheet that is hanging underneath the schach, that's more than four amos, excuse me, four tfachim away from the schach, is possible. So Rav Chista and Barafuna go to visit the Reish Galusa. Remember, the Reish Galusa is the head of Babylonian Jewry. They're going to visit him on Sukkos. Why? Why? Because we'll say on Regalim there is a mitzvah to go see your Rebbe. On the mitzvah, on Sukkot, there's a mitzvah to go see go see your Rebbe. So they go to the Reish Kalusa's house. Agninhu, so they were they were set up for accommodations. Agninhu Rav Nachman Arba'atvachim. So listen to this. So Rav Nachman, now who is Rav Nachman? Rashi points out Rav Nachman is Av based in Haya. Rav Nachman was the head of the court in Bavel. So he was kind of the right-hand man of the Reish Kalusa. So what happens? Rav Chistana come to visit the Reish Kalusa. Rav Nachman makes arrangements for them. And he arranges lodging in a sukkah that had a decorative sheet that was hanging more than four tfachim from the schach. Now I will say, remember, this is a case where Rav Nachman held that what? That is kosher. Why? Because since it's for decoration, it's bottled to the schach. Rav Huna and excuse me, Rav Chisna and Rav Huna hold that what? That it's possible. So he puts them in a sukkah that he holds as kosher, but they hold as possible. And what happens? Ishtiku velo amru lemidi. Rav Chisna and Rav Huna didn't say a word. They didn't say a word. So Rav Nachman was intrigued by this. He said, Amr lehu mishmatayu. 
So Rav, Rav Nachman Stetzim, have the rabbis retracted their position? So he, he was trying to see, like he was trying to start up a little bit. You know, so, no, have you retracted your position? Listen to this. So the Amrulei, so Rav Chist and Rabbi Rav Nachman no, Anon Shluchei Mitzvah Anon, Upetur Minasukah. So they said to him, no, we still hold the sukkah's puzzle. Just what? We happen to be exempt from sukkah right now. Why? Because again, the halacha is shluchim mitzvah. Those who are on a mitzvah mission are potter from the sukkah, are exempt from sukkah, which is, a gen- which is, which is part of the general concept of osik mitzvah, potter mina mitzvah. When you are engaged in the performance of one mitzvah, you are by definition exempted from other mitzvahs. So they understood that coming to visit the Reish Galus, coming to visit the head of Babylonian Jewry, was in fact a mitzvah. Because they were engaged in that mitzvah, they were exempt from the mitzvah of sukkah. So essentially, Sitzra Nachman, Put us wherever you want. <laughs> I put us, so again, they didn't, they didn't rate, again, they, so we still disagree the sukkah is not a kosher sukkah, but it's not worth the fight right now. Absolutely, absolutely. Again, what we would say in a situation like that is that Lemaisa try to eat foods that don't require a sukkah to begin with, but technically speaking, the answer is yes. Technically, I'm sorry? Kasha supplies, yes. You can't stop at Burger King on the way. If that's what you're asking. Good, I'm happy we're having this discussion. This is important. All right, so says the Gemara. Amr Yehuda, Amr Shmuel. Mutter lishan bekila besoka. It is permitted to sleep in a kila, a kila in the sukkah. And I will say, what's the kila? Look at Rashi. Kila. Haprusa samita. So this is a canopy bed. Kila is like a canopy bed. That is spread out around the bed. So, sleep underneath a canopy bed. A canopy bed. The I we said before that you can't sleep in a canopy bed. So, Mar says, Avapi even though it has a roof, so why can you sleep in it? This is providing that the canopy is not ten tfachim high. Now look at Rashi, it's a very important Rashi. Rashi, It's interesting that according to Rashi, this height is measured from what? Not from the ground, but from the surface of the bed. So apparently, again, what Rabbi Huda says in the name of Shmuel is that in order for something to constitute an ohel, an actual structure that would prevent you from dwelling in the sukkah, it's not just enough to have a roof. What else do you need? You need height. You need height. Therefore, if the canopy bed, if the canopy is less than 10 tfachim from the, ba- from, the, from the bed, from the surface of the bed, that does not constitute an ohel, and therefore you could sleep underneath this canopy. So the Gemara says, the reason I say, look, now this is interesting, we'll see if halacha lamaisa, we're counting it from the bed of the floor. In any event, the Gemara says the following, Tashma, but we learned, Hayashim but yet we learned elsewhere, that if one sleeps underneath a canopy, he has not fulfilled his obligation, i.e., he's not Yotzi in the midst of sukkah. So what's the case? So I will say it's a contradiction, because we just said before that you are Yotzi if you sleep underneath a canopy. Here we're saying you are, you are not, you're not Yotzi if you sleep underneath a canopy. Hakam asking on what's the case? Kishagavoa asara. Oh, the case of that price that said that you're not Yotzi if you sleep underneath a canopy must be talking about what? A canopy that is ten tfachim or more higher. Therefore, in that case, it's an ohel. They say, the Mara is the kasha. Hayoshin tachasamita besuka, lo yate de chavaso. But yet we learned us, we'll see this in the Mishnah, that if you sleep underneath a bed, I have a bed in my sukkah. I sleep underneath that bed. I am not Yotzei the Mitzvah of sukkah. Why? Because the assumption is the bed itself constitutes an ohel. It constitutes a rooftop. 
So what do you see from the Rebbe? Said the assumption is that the bed is not going to what? Is not going to be ten tefachim right off the ground. It's not going to be three feet off the ground. So the Rebbe says, "Hot targum Shmuel, the mita asara." No, in Achinam Shmuel explains that the case is talking about what? Where literally the bed is ten tefachim off the ground. So if I sleep underneath that, I'm sleeping underneath both something that has a flat roof span of at least a tefach and is ten tefachim high. That's an ohel tashma. Remember the Bryce has spoke about this case of where you're placing a, a, a roof on top of four posts. Psula. So I'll say again, in all of these cases where it says possible that you're sleeping underneath a canopy, it seems to be that it's possible no matter what the height is. To which the Gemara says, Hasam Nami de Gavihi Asara. That is also talking about a case where the canopy is ten tfachim high. Let's finish, let's finish. Vahalo Katani Hachi. But it doesn't say that. Desanya Naklitin Shnaim Vikinofos Arba. Because we learned in the Braissa that Naklitin Rabosa is the case of where there are two posts. And the kinofos is the case where there are four posts. Pires al gabi kinofos psula. If you spread, if you spread a canopy over four posts, so it's puzzle. Puzzle means that if you're underneath that canopy, you're now fulfilling the of sukkah. Al gabi naklitin. But if you did it on the two posts, it's kasher. Obilvad shaloyihu naklitin gavon minamita asara. As long as what? As long as. As long as the not, as long as it's not more than ten tefachim high, michlal dikinofos afapish shein gavoa asara. So the Gemara says, but what's the inference on that? Well, say now the only time that the Brisa mentions the height requirement is in what case? In the case of the two posts, right? In the case of the of the what's the word? Naklitim. Thank you. In the case of the two posts, which seems to indicate what? Then in the case of the four posts. It does, even if it's lower than 10 tefach, and the fact that it has a flat roof of a tefach, by definition, will invalidate your sukkah. So we see you don't need a, you don't need a 10 tefach, a 10 tefach height. So which thing where I says, no, no, no. Shiny kinofos dikvi. The difference is the four posts sped rabosai is different. Why? Because it's permanent. Rashi says dikvi. Aval kilo lo kviya bechazaka kikinofos hilchach kilo gofa asra lo chashas. Rabosai, what the Imran now seems to be suggesting is that there are three different cases. Cases. Case number one is the Naklitin. Naklitin are the two posts, are the two posts that form the tent that does not have that does not have a tefach flat roof. The only case where that is problematic is when? Is when? If it's Lamalameasara. Right? If it's more than 10 tefachim high, then Lamais again is problematic. Case number two is the case of the kila. The kila is the canopy that also has a 10 tefach roof. And apparently, again, that's also only a case of where what? It's only problematic. Problematic if what? If it's more than 10 tefachim high. The third case is the kinofos. The kinofos is the four post bed that is a permanent bed. That is a permanent, th- those posts are permanent fixtures. That is problematic even if what? Even if it's less than ten tefachim high, because its permanence by definition creates it into an ohel. I the Gemara says vahare asuka gabi suka de kavia. I what about the case of suka gabi suka? That was a case of permanence. Va'amri Shmuel kech shera kach psula. We'll go back to our previous sugi. And what did Shmuel say? The upper suka is only problematic if what? If what? If it has ten tefachim of height. Right? It's only, so all Pesach is only a sukkah if it has 10 tefachim of height. But according to what we just said, that if something is considered to be permanent, it has permanence, then what? Then it should be problematic even if it's less than 10 tefachim of height. Omri, the Gemara says, no, no, no. Hasim de la mifsal sukkah ba'asara. It's apples and oranges. There when we come to say what makes, meaning we're trying to figure out the minimum dimensions of a sukkah, that requires 10 tefachim. Because Shul says that's less than 10 tefachim. It's not a sukkah. Hacha, 
Here, when it comes to what's the sukkah, here it's about the minimum definition of an ohel. When it comes to an ohel, when it comes to an ohel, even something less than ten tfachim could ultimately be considered an ohel. So the Gemara essentially answers in it's apples and oranges. When it comes to a sukkah, the reason Shmuel said ten tfachim is because that's the minimum shear for a sukkah. It's not a sukkah less than ten tfachim of height. Here, apparently, when it comes to ohel, Ohalim or ohalos come in different forms and different sizes depending on the nature of the item being discussed. And therefore, the Maisa, in this case, when something is such a permanent structure, even less than 10 Tfachim will in fact create an ohel. All right, we'll stop over here. I'm sorry?